1: Save the King. Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King, I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined this week by Russell Myers on a very exciting week because I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, has finally got its first Royal Campmate which I'm very excited about. We've also got uh, really exciting engagements from King Charles, we've had Kate and William out and about and yeah lots of confusion over the World Cup too. So hi Russell, how are you? How's your week been?
2: i'm very well actually thank you very much I, I perhaps we should explain what i'm a celebrity is because do does everybody know what it is i know they have they have a version in australia don't they but for our american cousins or elsewhere in europe some people might not know who it who or what it is. They do. But
1: before that, I'm afraid you're not getting away with not discussing the big snuggly jacket you're wearing for today's <laughs> podcast. So Russell's logged onto the meeting, didn't mention it. He's wearing kind of, what is that? Like a, a sort of like a, a green teddy bear fleece kind of fluffy jacket. It is jacket. incredible, isn't it? Thinking mean, the house is quite cold, so it's... <laughs> it's a strong look.
2: <laughs> it is very cold. Well, we've been cleaning our house that we've moved into, so there was a lot of bleach smell. So I opened all the windows and then realized it was very cold. So I've stolen this jacket off of my wife, and you've uh, very kindly taken a picture of me in it with a a witch's (laughs) hat. We've just had had Halloween, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's a horror show of an outfit. but It's it's a very professional look, a very professional look.
1: And somewhere you wouldn't need that, this is going to go down as one of the weakest links we've done, is Australia, which, yes. So that's where I'm a celebrity is film saying, as you said, I think there are versions elsewhere in the world, but this is they put a group of... uh, changes kind of between about 10 and 15 celebrities in a jungle starve them a food make them eat bugs make them crawl through sludge and coffins and everything like that to try and get food um are you a fan of the show
2: i do i do like it actually my wife in her previous life was a uh, the tv editor of uh, of another big national newspaper and she used to go down to australia for six or seven weeks. Um, covering it for uh for the organization and she loved it and I and I actually I do like the show as well. It makes a it makes uh, heroes and villains out of people, doesn't it? And that's what we that's what we end up pouring over with reality TV. And also, quite controversially, that Matt Hancock, the former health secretary, is going to be in the jungle as well. It's a bit of a hoo-ha about whether he should have uh, um, keep his MP job or certainly lose his MP salary while he is there. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite—it's always an eclectic bunch, and of, that's why Mike Tindall has obviously been chosen because he's. Um, bit of a TV personality himself these days, isn't he? And obviously with his royal connections, many will be wondering, does he spill any sort of family secrets? I imagine he's uh, more adept at dealing with um, talking about the royals or the media in that way. But it would be very interesting. I'd always thought that whenever he does speak about his sort of role with uh within the sort of confines of the royal family, he's very respectful and you can tell that he 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 appreciates the role that he has. But any anecdotes that he tells about you know the late Queen or the rest of the family, I think will be very, very, very interesting nonetheless.
1: He always has a nice way of doing it I don't know I don't know how it is I don't know what the trick is but he manages to say stuff and it doesn't kind of sound boasty he just it does just seem like a normal person talking about his family but doing it in a way that obviously his family, his in-laws even, are the royals. But, Mm. you know, when they did this special episode of his rugby podcast and spoke about the Queen, he was giving, you know, really personal details about how the family were kind of coming to terms with it and how he regretted not asking her, you know, asking the late monarch questions about meetings with people. But he manages just to do it in such a lovely, down-to-earth, way that it does sound like you're talking to just any normal person that happens to have married into this you know incredible family but I'm so excited to see him on the show and I'm hoping we will get some little kind of little nuggets of royal information but I think he's going to be great on it he's he's so much fun isn't he
2: yeah, he is, and he's and he's the podcast he does the the good, the bad, and the rugby is really good as well. It's always really insightful, uh, good guests on it. He's he's very adept at that sort of media world, and I totally agree with you. One of the things that I thought was really really interesting of his, you know, episode speaking about the the late queen was. That moment when he he was almost sort of wistful, saying that he really wished he had asked her more questions and advice, but he used to get nervous in her presence, and and I suppose that's all, how we all do feel if you were ever in uh, in her presence, or you think about how you would react if you ever did uh, come into contact with the Queen or any other senior roles. I imagine most people would be very nervous, and and even though he's been for quite a few years, gone to you know those sorts of occasions with the Queen and the rest of the royal family, um, it gives a bit of an air of normality about him that he is still quite nervous about those situations. So good luck, Mike. Uh, lots of people will be watching his very popular show. Um, and uh, I know our showbiz editor, Mark Jeffries, you've been speaking to him haven't you
1: i have so mark has actually been over he's got the job i think that your lovely wife used to have but he been over in australia for six weeks so he's agreed he came on and did a little he made his debut first time on the podcast because uh, he actually had a chat with mike when he arrived at the airport so he's going to share all his expert knowledge on that now Hello, Mark. Welcome to Pod Save the Queen, your Pod Save the Queen debut.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for having me.
1: Now you have done very well and you've pulled the kind of the the lucky straw for this one because you are spending how long are you over in Australia for? Yeah, I'm here for about five weeks in total, yeah. Wow. So you're getting yeah, what's the weather like? Go on, make us all jealous.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah, it's quite sunny today. So almost got sunburn. You know, is it? I've I've, I've pulled a good one here. Yeah. It's, it's a good it's a good gig to be in, definitely. Yeah.
1: Now, obviously, this is really exciting for our royal fans because this is I'm a celeb, obviously a huge, massive TV show that's been going on for. Gosh, how how long? I'm going to test you now. How long's it been going on for? Yeah, about twenty
0: years. Yeah, so twenty two decades, years. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they finally got their first royal campmate. How do you know anything? Has this been? something that's been in the pipeline for a while have you got any ideas if this is something that producers have been kind of trying for before or is it all a bit of a mystery
0: um you certainly get the impression speaking to mike that maybe this isn't the first time they've gone and offered him this this job uh this 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 sort of uh this show uh he gave the impression that he's, he's gone back and forth a bit even to decide to sign up this year so i wouldn't be surprised if this is perhaps the second third or fourth year a lot of the time we've with their kind of hit list they, they have, they have certain names and they do try them again and again. Um, and just some years it seems to fit. And obviously this year for him, he, he's finally said, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, certainly yeah, it's, it's not his first time he's been offered of the gig anyway.
1: And the show obviously is, I love it. I'm a huge Amos Lev fan. I'm very excited for it to start, but you know, we we're going to see him in lots of uncomfortable situations, aren't we? It's kind of famous for, you know, Eating bugs, claustrophobic spaces, beastie, everything everywhere. What, you know, were you surprised to see that they'd managed to get a royal on the list?
0: This is probably uh, ITV's flagship uh, programme when it comes to reality TV. So I think, yeah, landing Mike on this is like, is is huge. It's also a really big deal in the sense that the royals don't really uh, take part in these type of shows. I think some people have said probably It's a Knockout is the last thing of... Comparable, really, on, on TV, and that was sort of three decades ago, I think. So, um, yeah, it is a huge. I think it's a huge deal to get him. Um, also, it, there's so many elements with him. You've got the the royal, the fans of the royal family, who are obviously going to want to watch. potentially for anecdotes he could give, and obviously he's got the rugby background as well. Um, and so, from that point of view, he's got a lot going to have lots of viewers. So it, it's just a win win in terms of them getting him on. I just think it's going to bring a lot of a lot of viewers to the program. And potentially a lot of perhaps royal fans who maybe wouldn't normally watch I'm a Celebrity. So, yes, it's a, it's a perfect signing, really.
1: And obviously we know that the celebs get paid for going on there, but we don't know. It's never officially revealed how much they get paid, is it?
0: That's right. They all get paid different amounts as well. Um, you'll see some people from maybe Hollyoaks and that sort of thing. Obviously, they're not going to get anything like what perhaps Mike's managed to negotiate you also find out sometimes that some do give some of their money to charity, so that could be something he, he might consider. Um, but yeah, someone like Mike Tyndall, you, you would pro- probably be looking at a six-figure contract, and certainly, yeah, he would be one of the one of the top people paid in there this year. I think.
1: Oh, that sounds lovely. Would you? Would you for a six-figure sum? Would you go on? Would you be eating a, yeah. a bug on telly? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think for a four-figure someone's probably doing to be honest. Yeah, um, but, but I quite like the show anyway. I'm not sure; it depends how, how how fearful you are of the stuff in there. Really, um, he 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 didn't seem that fearful to be honest um, when we when we spoke to him. And yeah, it, he seems very much up for the challenge now.
1: So the show starts this weekend, but all the stars started arriving last week, and that is because they have to isolate for a week. Is that right?
0: Yeah, basically they're, they're being really cautious this year um, and they did it when the show was in Wales as well for a couple of years when sort of COVID hit. So they're getting them over here. Everyone had to be at least a week before the show started and then they would be tested and not, and not, they've effectively been isolating since then. So um, I think Mike would have been able to perhaps give, give Zara one last phone call um, just, just after landing type thing. And then he basically is isolating in probably a very nice apartment, but effectively not been able to leave or anything until this coming weekend and then it's all guns blazing he'll be thrown into all these different challenges
1: and I guess so is the reason they're not allowed their phones before like during this isolation period is so that they can't google everyone else who's on the lineup
0: I think that's it yeah I mean the way things work now with with these names coming out and stuff I think they probably all have a rough idea of a few of a few of the other people who are on there but I think they just want to begin that kind of um, feeling of isolation obviously when they're in the camp they can't use their phones or anything like that as well Um, and that just seems to be the way the way they do it I guess it is to try to stop them reading lots of stuff in theory if they had their phones in the next couple of days they'd read some stuff about the challenges ahead what they're going to be doing perhaps and, and things like that so they want to keep all that stuff secret so they get that element of surprise and they get that excitement or fear from them all I guess as well.
1: Yeah, ruin the magic a bit, wouldn't it? Now, you had a quick chat with Mike, didn't you, when he arrived at the airport. So this isn't a sit-down interview. You've got those to come, um, I believe. But this was kind of you firing questions at him as he walked through with all his bags. How was that?
0: Do you know what? He was surprisingly good. And he was very nice. Um, down to earth, I suppose, is how I'd describe him. Um, and a lot of them come off these long flights. And, and obviously, the last thing they want to do is speak to me. Um but, but Mike, yeah, he spoke, he, probably out of all the celebs who came through, probably spoke to us for the longest. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 one interesting thing I found that he said was that he was on the fence, as we discussed earlier, maybe he was, he gave the impression that perhaps they'd had to offer him it a couple of times this year and perhaps it had taken a bit of persuasion. And then he said the thing that had really swayed it for him was he'd spoken to a couple of friends of his, uh, the rugby player, James Haskell and Nick Knowles, who've both been on the show before. And... Um, they were the ones who sort of, I think, managed to tip the balance and, and get him to sign up. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't going to be drawn, unfortunately, as much on whether he got permission. There's a lot of talk about maybe who he's spoken to before he signed up. I've, I'm quite interested in that. And that's something we're definitely going to ask him a bit more about. Um, when you say, but, sorry, when you
1: say who he's asked, you mean his kind of the, the royal in-laws, don't you?
0: Yeah, when the when the story was first broken, that um they, I think the the information in that story was was saying that he'd sought permission from, from from the Queen before before she died. Um so that would suggest that he signed up a long time ago. Um and whether that's true or not, obviously he we would we were, we we're hopeful to find out. Also, I'd be interested to know whether he spoke to his mother in law about it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> And, and, and even what Zara said, was, there's, there's, there's obviously, there's so many elements in that sense, um, or, or Wills and Harry or anyone like, you know, that I would have thought they're the sort of people who might, maybe maybe of the of the Royals, they might be the ones that would watch it. So um, yeah, that's what we're hoping to get. We're hoping to find out. And obviously that, that kind of thing is the sort of thing he might let slip in, uh, in the jungle as well.
1: Yeah, I can definitely imagine George, Charlotte and Louis kind of sitting around the telly, pointing and laughing as Uncle Mike is, you know, drinks the awful milkshakes made of god knows what that they get them to do um, and he Mike made a really nice comment about zara when he went in didn't he and he was his was it his biggest fear was getting hangry and missing the family because obviously he's a very proud dad of three and he's you know got a wife zara that he's leaving behind
0: yeah and he was saying that um that he might have a lack of sleep but he said obviously that sort of goes with the territories of being a parent anyway so he wasn't as worried about it. Uh, sleeping in the sort of hammocks and stuff. But yeah, he did talk about Miss Zara. Um they also met, I think, I believe for the first time in Australia. So it's quite a special did. place for them. Um and the other thing we were quite interested in is whether maybe she could come out at the end. They could obviously um have a nice holiday or something with the family where oh, where, yeah. where, it all, where it all started. That would be a nice nice thing. Perhaps we get to have a a drink at the end with them, that would be even even nicer. So yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting that their their romance began there. And, and I think this is, you know, 20 years on or something, he's now taking part in a sort of um, reality TV show in the same place. <laughs> yeah,
1: because they always do, or they used to do it. I haven't seen it as much in recent years, but you know when the campmates would get um, booted off and they'd come across the bridge and they'd come out to all the fireworks and there'd always be a loved one waiting for them there, wouldn't there? what you know is that something that's going to be back on this year's show um do we reckon we might oh how good would it be with
0: zara there yeah i mean that is definitely coming back the red carpet is being rolled out i think probably because of covid it's not happened quite as much the last few years but um the family and friends will be coming over they tend to come over about two weeks into the show it's a three-week show so they get a few nice days um in the sunshine especially if their their other half gets to the final or something they get a bit longer kind of thing um yeah, so we're we're obviously hoping that Zara is going to come out. We did ask, um, we did ask him if that was the case. And he, he wasn't saying either way um at the airport. But hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully she will be there. And also there's other elements like um if he gets quite far to the final stage, they tend to get letters from home. So would Zara pet a letter, Of is, course. They, they get read out, that would be quite interesting to hear, hear what she thought and stuff. Um yeah, so there's 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 lots of elements along the way that could could have sort of little bits of royal note information and stuff, which could be quite fun, I think.
1: Yeah. And then when they get the luxury items that they often win down the line, don't they? Quite a lot of them have a photo or like a pillow with a photo printed on it. So I wonder if we'll get, you know, something with the the kids or something would be lovely, wouldn't it?
0: Mm, definitely yeah i mean that that's um there's always a bit of um argument because they all they all basically want photos i think or pillows and they obviously have to i think they try and mix it up so they can't all have them but yeah in his case obviously it'd it'd be interesting to know what photo he chose and if we could sort of get a glance at whether it was one that was well known or a private one we've not seen before which would, would be great
1: Brilliant. Right. Well, thank you so much for kind of filling me in of everything we know so far. I'm very excited for uh, Mike Tindall to be on I'm a Celeb. Enjoy the next few weeks. We very much look forward to hearing all your updates. Uh, All of Mark's stories with the latest from the jungle will obviously be on the Mirror's website and in the Mirror newspapers. So yeah, enjoy the sunshine. Remember your your hat and your sun cream.
0: (laughs) Thanks very much.
1: One of the big questions, Russell, that I think people have that I've been speaking to, of, is why or how is he allowed to do this? Because obviously, there's so much privacy that the royals want, and you know, we obviously wouldn't expect to see Kate or William or anyone like that do that. But my understanding is that it's because Zara and Mike, because they are so far down the list of succession, or Zara is anyway, it's because they are not working royals, which means they're allowed to go and make money their own way in the same way that Meghan and Harry are. Is, is that right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that essentially that is the, the case, isn't it? They, they've got no reason not to make their own commercial ventures. Uh, I think that the family would be fairly comfortable with Mike Tindall going on. He's not going to betray them in any way. He's not going to deliver any state secrets or um, if, if delve into the family history that could embarrass them all. So, one, Mike is a safe pair of hands. Two, as you rightly say, they're not working royals. They've never been, they've never been sort of attached to um doing royal jobs. I know that Zara has, has has potentially been involved with the British equestrian team from from time to time and um and percent She's been seen as a sort of royal ambassador, I think you could say, because she, because of her association with uh, with the, the Olympic squads. But of course, listen, they've they've got to have a life, haven't they? And the fact that he is a TV personality, I mean, he's had his own life way before he was a sort of member of the royal family with his sporting career, and he is a TV um, sort of showbiz personality as a and. and, and I think he's rather liked as well. So that's why he's been chosen. And I, I definitely do think he'll, he'll talk about the queen. He'll talk about the funeral. He'll talk about the fact that the family are no doubt missing her, coming to terms with uh, with her departure. Um, uh, and I wouldn't have expected anything. I will not expect anything less than him being super respectful and, Kind of just addressing whatever he says, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because people are going to be really, really interested in uh, in that sort of closeness with the family. But I can't imagine anything that he would be uh, would be that scandalous. But you never know, I suppose. And that's what they're <laughs> they're banking on, isn't it? That's why they're paying quite a lot of money for people who they they put into the jungle.
1: Now, so that's the show starts on Sunday. So for anyone who can't watch it, we know that it's not available. You know, in other parts of the world, but we will be bringing you updates on that for the next three weeks, which is very exciting. And yeah, good luck, Mike. Now, up next, we had a new title for King Charles this week. And I must admit, I was a bit surprised by this one because we thought it was going to go elsewhere. So he's been made, or I say he's been made, he's probably made himself, he's become uh, Captain General of the Royal Marines. This was announced earlier this week on their 358th birthday. And this was one of the jobs that Prince harry used to hold but was had to was forced to give up when they stepped back from their royal duties now but we thought this might go to Princess Anne, and she was going to be the first woman ever to hold the role. What happened there? Yes.
2: Well, I, I just think that was a bit of a bum steer, to be honest, because that had always been mentioned. I think it was uh, in the Sunday Times that had written it. It seems like ages ago, didn't it? It was after the decision to take away these military titles had been made to strip them away from Harry and his uh, after his departure. Princess Anne was mentioned. I know that Kate was mentioned. There was an awful lot of that, you know, wouldn't necessarily have gone to, I I didn't think it would go to William or Kate because of the closeness to Harry in that sense. Anne was seen as a safe pair of hands. But no, it seems as well. It not seems, it's happened. King Charles is going to be the new captain general of the royal marines um and what does this mean i mean it's it's, it's certainly a huge honour for for the royal marines and the king himself did uh, did say and in, in the statement and the reason why it came out last week was was because it was um tied in with the 358th anniversary of uh, of of the royal marines calls being um, being created, and the king said he was exceptionally proud to become its ceremonial head. I'm just going to read, I'm pulling up his uh, his statement here. He said, it's uh, the greatest possible pleasure to assume the role of your captain general. I'm exceptionally proud to follow in the footsteps of so many members of my family over the last three and a half centuries. All of whom held the role with a deep sense of admiration. And he obviously mentioned that his uh, his grandfather and his great-grandfather, as monarchs had held the role. Some people were saying, oh, God, it hasn't taken him long to forget his own father's role. Of course, the Duke of Edinburgh had that role before the Duke of Sussex. However, he was talking as of the role of the monarch and of course he is the king and uh his grandfather and great grandfather also held that role whilst being captain general of the Royal Marine. So um it's probably yeah, this was created with the with we, we understand with the wishes with the sign off of the late queen. Um bonus point if you know what uh Peterem means oh it's, is it like by, the, uh, by sea
1: Oh, what is it? It's like by sea, by ah, because this you've was run what... out of time.
2: You've run oh. out. You've, you did. You you did get fifty percent by land, by sea, by land, by sea. Marines.
1: This was it because this was Prince Harry put that in the tribute that he wrote to his grandfather, Prince Philip. He that was did. how he signed that off as well, which is why I remembered fifty percent of it, which we'll we'll take from yeah, that, and not well, the rest of again, it. again,
2: so I mean, he. I think. Well, this is another question. Probably should have looked it up. But did uh, the Duke of Ed- the Duke of Edinburgh held the role for something like sixty three years or something? Blimey. And then, um, and then uh, I mean, Harry, poor old Harry, only for uh, eighteen months. So uh, you would one would assume that, that the king will take this um, on and t- until his uh, his dying breath. And um, but yeah, interesting that it's come to him kind of settles the, the score, keeps it back in with the monarch, I suppose, which is that obviously there is history there. It doesn't become controversial if one of the, uh, the you know, the principal princess of Wales had taken it. Um, and uh, and it is obviously a huge honour for both the king and the, uh, the Royal Marine Corps as well.
1: Now, Kate and William are about, t- out and about today, actually. So that's on Thursday. So we haven't got the full event yet because it's still ongoing as we record this. But you know a few of the kind of early details of it, don't you? So they're out in Scarborough. What are they doing there?
2: They are a lovely place near the coast on, of North Yorkshire. So they're quite a, quite a way up north today. Um, how would I describe this? I mean, it's a great initiative. And this, this, I think, is a sign of things to come and what we will see a bit more of a marriage between the Royal Foundation of the Prince and Princess of Wales and other local community groups. So how this has come about was the Royal Foundation and uh, a couple of community groups in the local area. One is called the Two Ridings Community Foundation, and they were working sort of in the background, really. We didn't know too much about this. It has been uh, been sort of muted that this was going on. Nobody knew sort of what the the details of it were, but very very focused about youth engagement very focused about mental health and earlier this year both the royal foundation and those local uni- community groups were working on ways to try and find out how they could have an impact in the local area working with both mental health and young people and today because of the work that they've been doing basically hitting the phones trying to find money from local sources um, donors came forward and they have raised an incredible £345,000, which is probably about the same money in dollars these days. Uh, but what does that mean? What, what are they going to do? Well, lots of buzzwords being thrown about, as you would well imagine, like community impact and legacy. Well, what does it really mean in a sort of normal language? Well, they're going to be creating uh, local youth groups, it's, you know, drop-in centres that kids can be involved in. And I think, um, like I said, it's going to be a bit more of a, um, a marriage of involvement between the Royal Foundation kind of being the front people for these local community groups that may have otherwise struggled to raise funds or engage the local community. But when you've got the sort of power and might of the uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales, not only working in the background, trying to, to to find their own ways of helping these uh, these organisations to raise money, but then will come and you know be the front for it, I suppose, and show up like they did today. Um, then that is obviously really really important for 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 local charities to 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 have that um, have that association with them. So. Definitely. Lots of community visits. Again, they've taken on this new role, the Prince Prince of Wales. What will happen? I definitely think hopefully we're going to see a couple of big, big tours next year with them. Uh, but I think they will want to get out and about to as much as the UK as they can, certainly within the first 12 to 24 months. And um, and again, helping helping local people like this.
1: It was such a. It was really nice to see them again. Cause obviously, we've not seen them for a few weeks, um, believed to be because obviously George, Charlotte, and Louis have been on their half-term holidays. So it was lovely to see them back in it today. They look really happy and braving, braving the war, uh, the bleh, not the warm, the rain. The opposite for something we know they're so passionate about. And as you said before, it's kind of them and the rest of the Royals getting back to the kind of you know the kind of almost bread and butter stuff that they're really passionate about and that they work for. And I think with the Wales is with mental health that's that's you know very very true but a kind of slightly glitzier occasion last night so there was a big reception for all the Olympic medal winners at Buckingham Palace uh, last night so that's on Wednesday evening so there we had we had a, quite a collection didn't we so there was King Charles was there, Queen Camilla uh, Prince Edward uh, he's a patron of the uh, Team GB Paralympics Princess Anne who's the Team GB president and the Duke of Gloucester and this was for the I think there was about 200 winners of the Tokyo mm. and Bay Beijing game so 2020 and 2022 that looked like a, a fun occasion lots of interesting people in that room wasn't there
2: there was, actually. Um, and, and again, lots of people poring over this photo that's been taken by Chris Jackson of Getty, who no doubt Royal fans will be very, very familiar with. Um, uh, obviously, Camilla has been to an Indian health spa that we found out by proxy the, last week because her plane had flown into a bird. Did you see this?
1: Oh, yes, I did. This, I've uh, forgotten so about she, that. So
2: she'd squirreled herself out of the country for a few days and then it came out that she'd been on this... British Airways plane that had smashed into a bird and had completely dented the whole of uh, the nose of the plane. No doubt the bird must have had a rather unfortunate end to that. But she, I thought she looked, uh, she looked very sprightly. She looked very, very well. As did the, the king kind of maybe having a bit more of a bit uh, R&R obviously they're, they're, they 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 cancelled the India Pakistan and Bangladesh trip that we were looking forward to which was supposed to be a couple of weeks ago um the the rumored France state f- visit forward for Charles and Camilla has also been canned so again bit more space in the diary i've been told that there won't be any trips this year at least. So uh, we're looking towards the new year for the first state visits for well, foreign state visit for Charles and Camilla. But good like like the Wales is doing things at home, celebrating local communities. Important to celebrate, you know, the, the Paralympians and the Team GB lot as well. Um, and does it mean? I suppose it means don't rock the boat too early. Try and find out, you know, what the lay of the land is. Obviously, whether people know about this, but their offices, the staff in their offices, have 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 had big change as well. There's going to be some people coming over from Clarence House. Others uh, will be leaving the business, as it were. Uh, Kate and Williams had a a bit of a change up of their members of staff as well. So I think everybody's kind of bedding down a little bit. I wouldn't expect too much to happen, you know, before the end of the year. We're already seeing the Christmas decorations up in the local supermarkets i saw last week Oh (laughs)
1: yes not long now i
2: mean there's there's been a lot of discussion about the celebrations tins and bounties not being in them so that you can definitely tell that christmas is on the horizon and with um celebrations tins are boxes of chocolates if you haven't seen this local scandal that is enveloping the the UK at the moment but well actually with that being, you said,
1: being you should have come into the office today because the very important journalism I was doing before I came in here is we've got, got our team we've got one and bought 10 boxes of them to go through and work out how many are in all of them so there are so many you, quality streets rocking around in the office and you've decided to work have from you home carried
2: out this uh, this public service journalism already
1: uh it is being done as we speak I've stepped right. away from
2: okay, it for right. We've the got podcast. Full updates. <laughs> full updates, listen. I, I think you know collaboration. What have I said before? There are less working royals now. Edward and Sophie stepping up in adverted commerce. And I saw a poll last week actually that says William and Kate right at the top. Anne was coming in at third. Their approval ratings all all knocking around the seventy to sixty four percent mark. I think that's really interesting. People seeing and for the amazing job that she does. You know, lots of people say to me all the time, why don't you carry more than Princess Anne? It's because let's not beat around the bush. Anne would say to herself, she, you know, isn't the most glamorous of, uh, of members of the royal family. She gets on, rolls the sleeves up, does the work. We've tried to carry, uh, you know, her work before. But uh, I mean, Arthur Edwards, the legendary sun photographer, said it myself. He said, She's always treated the press like telegraph poles. Doesn't matter whether you're there or not, she couldn't give a hoot. And she just gets on with the job and does it remarkably well. But what people saw throughout the Queen's passing was really appreciating that closeness between her and her mother and the way that you know, Charles really relies on her as a trusted lieutenant. He, he, I think, will rely on her counsel quite a lot. He respects her incredibly. She carries the respect and admiration of uh, her entire family and the organisations that she is attached to. So, um, yeah, well, I think we will see a bit more collaboration, but I don't think anyone's going to be rocking the boat just yet. I think next year is a big year of change. It's going to be big tours. There's going to be big visits. We're going to hear a lot more of the charity work, this collaboration. And, um, yeah, again, I say a lot of of Watch This Space recently at the moment, don't I? But I I think we are in a transitional period and that that nothing is going to really happen that will sort of shock us. But I think once we get the details of, you know, the big tours and those big charity initiatives, um, then I think we will see the the birth of sort of Prince Charles's um, legacy and, and what how he wants to be shaped as a, as a monarch and what it, the job means to him.
1: 100%. And I'm really glad they're actually doing this because if you think, if you or I started a new job, you would normally take, you know, it does take you a while to kind of get your feet under the desk and to figure out where everything is and to do that side of it. And it is nice. I think that it feels like they're taking quite a sensible approach to it rather than jumping straight in. They're kind of, you know, feeling getting the lay of the land a bit figuring out what they're doing and this is obviously something that that Megan was quite criticized before of lots of people said that she didn't learn how it worked before and just kind of went straight in which you know is understandable because it's very exciting you want to start doing all these projects but it's interesting to see them kind of taking it taking it a bit uh you know a bit more slowly which I think is really nice and she said the lead up to Christmas always kind of slows down a bit anyway doesn't it so just starting that a bit earlier I think is is really exciting Now speaking of Megan we've had the latest episode of her podcast Archetypes. which Russell I know you haven't had a chance to listen to yet because you've been out and about on the road all of this week but I'll kind of give you give you some of the highlights so before you had a chance to listen so this was called uh, Good Wife, Bad Wife, Good Mum, Bad Mum and kind of spoke about all those stereotypes surrounding you know how women are seen in those roles. There are a few interesting takeaways from it, but probably my favourite was she was talking about, obviously, when she became engaged to Harry, she mentioned it was written in the statement that she was going to take the test to become a British citizen. So she had to study for this test that they have to do. And Meghan said, as many people do, that it was actually extremely difficult. And she said that Harry struggled to answer some of the questions as well. Have you ever read any of these questions (laughs) or have you ever looked at them before?
2: No, and I had seen this. This is the only thing that I had seen from from the podcast. I'm not sure whether it's a barometer of how hard it was that Prince Harry couldn't uh didn't didn't know the question however um i i don't know i haven't i haven't seen oh, well, any of you. Are, you, funny are you going you should to say like that it? I'm you're funny going to you sing me with, oh, <laughs> my, okay great so, this is where i'm absolutely ridiculed after just uh, taking the mick out of a, a couple entirely, of them only and they are and go we've on, got
1: then. a big list of them here i won't bore everyone with all of them but some of them some of them are hard so first one who built the tower of london william the conqueror queen victoria Queen Elizabeth I or Olivia, Olivia? No, Oliver Cromwell.
2: <laughs> Who built the Tower of London? Yep. Give me the options again, quickly.
1: Hang on, I've lost it off my screen now. Hang on. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right, William the Conqueror, Queen Victoria, Queen Elizabeth I or Oliver Cromwell? Um,
2: Cromwell. Uh, uh, Oliver Cromwell.
1: Oh, It was, hang on, it's two, it's A. It wouldn't have been. Uh, William the Conqueror, I'm afraid.
2: Oh, I didn't hear that. that. That was part of the, uh, that was an option. Anyway, go on, <laughs> yeah. keep going.
1: Next one. This is, I think, really hard. What percentage of the UK population has a parent or grandparent born outside the UK? Which I wow. think is do you really get, do you get hard. Around 5%, around 10%, around 15%, or around 20%.
2: So, sorry, what was the question again?
1: How many, wi- what percentage, percentage of-, of the UK population has a parent or grandparent born outside of the UK? So 5%, 10%, 15 or 20? 10. Three is B, which is 10%. Yep, that is right. Congratulations, around 10%. That was a guess.
2: That and I'll give guess, you 3%. one more. Let's have one more. Let's have one more.
1: You should, you should be able to get this one. This is going to be one that you'll get in trouble if you don't know, I think. Which oh, two gosh. political parties formed a coalition in 2010? Conservative There's Party, tories and tories Green Party, mid-tems. Labour or Leave Dems. Yep, there we go. Well so done. It so is, it is tricky. It, they're not easy questions. There's questions on here about films, films, um, you know, what two cases can be heard in youth courts. There's there's loads of stuff in here that I didn't oh, know.
2: Yeah, yeah so yeah. very tricky. So, but- so what, are, you, are you supposed to, re- you, you surely have, you can revise for it.
1: Yeah, you can re- revise for it. But looking at the kind of, you know, all the different, questions in here which two pop music groups were famous during the s- swinging 60s you know how it's a lot to cover that's going to be a big old textbook and um, to revise from but anyway I thought that was really interesting and I'm really liking from these podcasts she also spoke about her morning routine with Archie and Lilibet and how she loves cooking breakfast every morning for them and sees it as a really important kind of part of their family's days I'm really enjoying I know you have different views on it but we're not going to dwell on them this week but I'm really enjoying see, hearing all these little little bites of information that we're seeing and I don't know about you but it feels to me like they're getting more personal as they go on which I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying hearing but last thing we've kind of got on the list to talk about today is the World Cup because this has been quite confusing this week so reports we had earlier in the week said that Prince William wasn't going to be going obviously we know he's a huge football fan he's always at these big games but he said there's obviously quite a lot of uh, controversy around these uh, these games, which start on the 21st of November. But now they said that he might go if England get to the final. What f- helped me on this one? Because I'm very confused.
2: Well, that's it. I mean, the, the issue is that, um, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously... Pfft, hugely controversial this Qatar World Cup because there's been uh, a lot of uh, people have died building the stadiums they have a shocking human rights record you can't be gay in the country I mean it's frankly ludicrous that any politician could say with a straight face uh, or any organizer of these games that oh everybody is invited oh but by the way don't be uh, displaying any public displays of affection if you are a homosexual because you're likely to be arrested or even worse. I mean, this is just, frankly, disgusting, outrageous. A lot of people have um, th- threatened to boycott the game. Should a member of the royal family be going? William is president of the Football Association. Um, then it was reported that he was going to boycott it, but then uh, there was some rather big kickback from sources close to him saying that he would go if England were to reach the final and it would be part of a government delegation i mean i just find I find the whole thing a bit unpalatable uh, is anyone really interested? i'm a big football fan i'm not really interested in this world cup it's in november everybody's going to be you know, hunkering down for their um, for there, sort of in the winter, where we just sort of wear big jackets like I'm wearing now, don't go outside very much. The World Cup to me was always about you know going to the pub or, it's or bar- watching bar- it with your B- mates.
1: Everyone in the exactly. garden, summer t-shirt, short, sun. Yeah,
2: totally. In it, even though it was in Russia, it was still the summer the south american world cups ones in france but you know european summers where it's just amazing the reason they couldn't hold it in the summer is because like 50 degrees in qatar and no doubt it will be a, a spectacle as any big sporting occasion is they've built these all these new stadiums with the vast amount of money that the gulf states have but again how can how an earth can you have uh, a, a fifa that is an organization that preaches um rights for all involvement for all um the, the, under the banner of uh, I, I know that fifa were are using this, the lgbtq plus banner it's just frankly a bit ludicrous and so yeah um William will not be traveling out for, I think the, the first game is about November the 18th against Iran. He won't be traveling out for those group games, but if we were to make the final, I think that's probably a bit if, a big if, isn't it? Um, then he would potentially go. They would look at ways that he could go. I think big own goal if he does go, because you can't say one thing about being a campaigner, um, you know, William has spoken up for for, for for gay rights in the past. He's been on the cover of Attitude magazine. He's he said that he would totally be fine with it if his own you know, children were gay. Certainly, if George came out to him, that is something that he would want him to be comfortable with and address appropriately. Uh, give it, give it. I mean, well, that's on the background of of his uh, his son being king, and therefore how would that aff- affect him? Um, and he spoke very eloquently about that. I think that was a year or two ago, but I don't know. I just find, I find that nobody's really up for this world cup. So he'll probably get out of it because England won't make the final anyway, but that- maybe they will. And then we'll, you know, that's the spirit to go into it
1: with. But no, I know what you mean. There's not the same huge football fans on. There's just not the excitement and the buzz. Normally, by this point, what we are three weeks away from the first game, normally you've got, you know, you're starting to see all the uh, bunting and the flags go up in the pubs. You know, they're out the cars, but there's nothing yet. But I must say, I'm not at all jealous of uh, Prince William and his aides as they try and, if they do have to make that decision, because as you said, I wouldn't assume. Obviously, I, I don't know, but personally, I would assume he, ha- you know, wouldn't want to to be part of that. But obviously, in his role as, as the, you know, FIFA's made this decision, um, and it's a really tricky situation for him. But yeah, as he said, let's let's get well, ahead
2: made of ourselves. It, they've and... made it because there's a of alleged corruption and mm. you know allegedly bad bags load of cash, <laughs> so much money. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what. But it there is. we go. Yeah. Now um, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, sure, I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'm I'm sure. Some people will see it as a good tournament and, and, and of course, other voices must be heard as to why it shouldn't have gone there in the first place. But that's an entirely different podcast.
1: Now, what have we got coming up this week? Anything exciting?
2: Well, there is something uh, that I can't tell you about because we're coming out. When are we coming out? Later today? Today, yes. All uh, right. Well, maybe I'll just say look out for something really interesting that will be hitting your websites and newsstands on (laughs) Friday. Very exciting. So yeah, look at something interesting. It involves a bit of travel. I've spoken about where we're going to go, uh, you know, in in a few weeks. People can work it out, but we can talk about it next week. Very exciting.
1: Uh, Also this weekend, we've got Kate is going to the rugby, which I'm looking forward to. So obviously in her new position as a patron of the uh, Rugby Football League, she's going to the final of the, so this is the Rugby League World Cup. So it's her first rugby league thing she's done. Obviously she did the Six Nations, but that was Rugby Union. Um, And I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to spend too long dwelling on the differences, but they're kind of different versions of the rugby sport. So that would be really fun it would be lovely if we maybe got to see one of the kids with her as well who knows that would but, be interesting yeah That'd which, be interesting so i'm very much looking forward to that as well also i know that mark has done a really interesting chat with mike tindall ahead of him going into the jungle but that is all embargoed until the weekend so make sure you keep an eye on the mirrors website and in the paper at the weekend to get a look at that but yeah so next time i speak to you we would have seen mike do i'm reckoning some sort of some sort of weird and disgusting and horrible challenge on his first few days of the jungle so i look forward to catching up with you then and we can be very glad that we're sitting here and not there covered in bugs i think is the <laughs> the way forward <laughs> thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you to everyone for listening as always we're on social at PodSave and until next time Podsave the king